Welcome to Want Her, a community-driven podcast for the like-minded female, passionate about creativity, self-discovery, and letting out that inner weird. Brought to your ear holes by two cross-country friends, we want to project one thing. Self-discovery is a lifelong journey, and one that should be fun experiencing. Here, no topic is off-limits. We're just like you, striving for connection, laughter, and the continual reminder that we can actually be whatever the f*** we want. Here's Olivia and Sandy. Hello! Welcome! <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Wand Her. It's another guest episode that I'm personally really, really excited about. Yes. So as we all know, I struggle with tocophobia. That's a phobia surrounding pregnancy and childbirth. And I've been on a Facebook group related to that. And I reached out on a post saying that we wanted to have somebody come on that has conquered that and wants to share about their story. And we had Deborah Benin um, comment back. And we're really excited to talk to her because she's not just a conqueror of that, but she works specifically with women that also struggle with that and childbirth and pregnancy in general. So we're going to be talking to her. And as always, we're going to start everybody, get our toes wet with a little game slash story time. So this episode is going to be talking a lot about our relationship with our bodies. And I thought it would be fun to have the question be, what's an event that made you feel empowered in your body? And it doesn't have to be related to childbirth or pregnancy at all. But if it is, that's cool too. So Deborah, go ahead and just say hi and then... I don't mean to put you on the spot. If you don't want to go first, you don't have to. But if you have something ready, you can take it away. Hello, everyone. My name's Deborah. Um, oh, goodness. It has to be childbirth. And I know that's <laughs> annoying for someone who's scared of childbirth because I remember when people, you know, the annoying people who love birth. I remember very well when people used to rape and I'm just like, just like, shut up. Like, are you delusional? Are you mad? Are you weird? Are you lying? You know? But 1,000%, if I, 1 million thousand percent, the most empowering bodily experience of my entire lifetime, the most empowering, incredible experience of my lifetime um, was childbirth. I mean, without uh, without a doubt. But also I was, I was kind of thinking about it more and it reminds me very much of breath work. And um, I don't know if you've ever done it, but the empowerment that you feel during breath work and, and almost like when I'm doing breath work, it's like, oh, come on, like, where's the baby at the end? Because it feels quite similar. It's almost like, but it's empowering to know because it's like, it's the wisdom of the body taking over. That is what is happening in both, both things, in childbirth and in breath work. It's like your intellect is out of the way and your body's just going for it, doing what it needs to do, either to birth the baby or to like shed a load of trauma. And both are incredible. Like both are incredible experiences, but they're similar. Uh -huh. So that's what I would say to, to get some kind of comparison going. But that is the space and the potential where childbirth can take you in that wow. in that higher state of consciousness, but beyond the intellect, which drives us mad, telling us how awful <laughs> this is. That's the potential. So yeah. Wow. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of expected you to say that and I'm yeah. excited to hear more about it because it just makes me more interested. So thank yes. you for sharing yes. that little yes. tidbit. I know more is to come. Yeah. Sandy, do you want to say yours next? Sure. Mine, I it's ha it has to be with pregnancy too. Just like seeing my body change. Now I'm over halfway through the pregnancy. And I think it's just like within the last few weeks, I've seen my body change and I'm like, okay, there's actually something there. And it's 
pretty incredible, like, that the body, human body, can do this. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. For for mine, it's going to sound really lame compared to both of yours because I'm not in that chapter yet. Um, so I was like, oh, gosh, what am I even going to say? And, Deborah, just so you're, like, a little bit familiarized with my life, I live in an RV, and I've traveled across the country the last three years doing travel nursing. I'm really into hiking, and I feel kind of like my tocophobia took off. I mean, you listened to that episode. I had a health condition growing up, so I have a lot of, like, body trauma And it's been really healing getting into hiking and seeing what my body is capable of. So I have all these hikes that I could say, but I was like, Mm -hmm. I talk about hiking a lot. I'm shifting into yoga more too. And I think that that's been really therapeutic for me and my relationship with my body. And so I was like, I'm going to just say (laughs) last week I was doing some yoga and I was able to hold crow pose for like the entire amount I was supposed to for the class that I take that's like AI generated but I've never been able to do that before. And it made me feel really, really powerful. So I know mine's yeah. not like to the level that you guys are at, but I was really proud of myself in that moment too. For sure. <laughs> Go live. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. So thanks for doing that, everybody. Yes. We're going to shift back into Deborah, all things Deborah. We're talking a little bit about who you are outside of your work. I don't know if listeners have picked up yet. She has the most beautiful, cute little accent. So tell us where, where are you from, kind of more about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I'm a, a Queen's English. I'm in London. Um, gosh, it's really funny when you say, What do you do outside of work? And it's like, I don't have a life outside of work because my work is my life and I love. I love my work and it's like I can't separate the two. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I have four boys, so I'm a busy, oh, wow. the crazy busy mum. And that, by the way, was from getting addicted to childbirth. I'm not even joking. I was like, I want to do it again. <laughs> and I was petrified. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. Oh, so wow. I wanted a fifth, but my husband wouldn't let me. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, I, you know, I wasn't taking into account like I actually have to look after these kids afterwards. But it was that it was that um, it was almost like an addiction to that feeling of, of childbirth. That, that, that. Um, but yeah, so four boys, four crazy boys, and my and my work, which is just like so passionate about birth, pregnancy, and birth, and in awe of it, and um, and like passionate about the human experience. I would say just like so fascinated and so like I don't think you can ever get to the end of working out how on earth we function as human beings like the mind it's so I mean you see it just by seeing all the modalities out there like there's I think there's about 500 different probably more by now therapeutic and uh, growth tools and there's so much out there and it's just like everyone's trying to sort of cover it from so many different it's kind of like I've just always had this fascination of what is it that works how do we how do we be happier, like, at the end of the day? How do we live with more ease and joy? And, like, why is it so hard? Why do we, why do so many of us find it so hard, you know, mm-hmm. to live? <laughs> um, and it's the mind. Like, how do we sort of get a hold of this mind and what we're experiencing and what's really true? And so that's just my lifelong fascination. Yeah. I love, I love that. I, I love the energy that you're, I get that it's, Later in the afternoon for you, it's like two o'clock in my time at 7 a.m. But I can just tell that you're so passionate and the energy is so exciting because I know we're going to dive into stuff. So let's just start doing that 
because I do find it really inspiring not knowing the background of your tokophobia Mm -hmm. to know that you have this much excitement and passion. And like, even the fact that you said you got addicted to it is really exciting for me to hear. So if you don't mind, and obviously you don't need to share anything that you're uncomfortable with, but I'm really curious about what your tokophobia looked like before you got pregnant, had children, if there was a specific reason behind it. So the floor is yours to just share about that. Um, definitely for as long as I can remember. Um, I didn't call it tokophobia then, but like, mm-hmm. I, I, I remember being very, a very young girl sitting on the swings with my best friend. We must've been, I mean, I knew her from primary schools. So it must've been five. I mean, it's insane. Mm-hmm. We were sitting on the swings in my garden, five years old, talking about how are we going to, how are we ever going to give birth? Like, how are we going to do it? And it's going to be so awful. And like, it just seems so crazy that, you know, we should have been talking about that, um, you know, that young. But it was that young. I even remember the dress I was wearing and my pigtails. And it's just, wow. it's scarily, it's scarily sort of, um, yeah, it feels like re- really vivid memory. Um, so it was there kind of like forever. I, I can speculate that it was to do with um, when my mum gave birth to my brother because I was three at the time. So we pick oh. up, we're, we're like a sponge, my goodness. So we pick up everything. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they say it also comes from our own birth, but who knows? I'm sure when we're actually birthed ourselves, that's pretty traumatic, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that I was three years old and my mum did have a, a a traumatic experience with, with my brother. So oh. I think I must have heard that, listened to that, saw that she went a little bit absent afterwards, something. So I suspect it came from somewhere around there although you know with the work that I do I I have now learned you know we can speculate all we like and we actually don't have a clue it can be so funny where these things come from could have been something that I watched on tv or and we don't know where we form our ideas from it could be a tiny comment that was made and we've built into something at once it's a belief and it's in us like that's it that's going to dictate what we see and and what we you know how we live how reality plays out so who knows who knows what it actually was but it it was with me from very young I remember always um always noticing pregnant women as Mm -hmm. a child growing up just kind of thinking what how are they just going about their everyday lives like why aren't they in panic how are they sort of just walking around pregnant like Mm -hmm. and scared for them feeling so scared for them like do they not do they not realize what's what's coming you know um so it was always really really very much in my mind and then I think I just kind of thought to myself, well, I'm just going to like somehow get knocked out when I get, when I, cause I knew I wanted children, you know, everyone's yeah. talking is different. Some people aren't sure about actually, I knew I'd love children, definitely wanted them. I just thought whenever the time comes, just like knock me out and get this baby out. Like whatever, just give me the baby afterwards. Um, always thought I'll have a cesarean. Probably that's the, although I was petrified of that too. I, I just mm. thought, you know, that's probably the, the, uh, the easier way. And, um, then got, you know, it's far away when you're little, so you don't think about it too much. Once once I got married, it was like, okay, it's a little bit closer. Um, my husband was very busy with his business, wasn't interested in children. I'm like, brilliant, let's just... And I, I don't think I really admitted to myself how much I was postponing it. Like mm-hmm. they say, that one of the things of tokophobia is you just postpone it. You just like, like, how do you deal with your phobia? Well, you just, just like avoid it, just yeah. avoid it, and then it's not a problem, you know? Um, so... I just kind of like, yeah, put my head in the sand and was like, okay. Um, And then the years were going by and 
everyone started thinking, oh, they must have trouble having kids and um, sort of do you want us to pray for you and all of it. And suddenly I'm thinking like, what? Like people think that there's some problem here. Like what's the problem? We've been we're married seven years, but it's like, you know, time's ticking on and nothing's happening and we're just sort of trying to ignore it. And um, then I became, I, I went and did studies to become a psychotherapist. Um, mm -hmm. After having worked with my husband, I really went to go for my true passion, which I'd had to study psychology and psychotherapy because it's just like, always been my fascination so I was I was studying to be a therapist and was asked like to do a thesis that you need to choose something for your thesis mm -hmm. so of course the fear of childbirth is what I chose um, and then I found the term tocophobia I'm like brilliant <laughs> I've got so I've got a label I've got a label to work with this is amazing it's a thing this is what I've got um, and then I was interviewing sort of ladies lots of ladies um, with tocophobia and um, just listening to, which was scaring me much more because I was listening to all of their horror stories of how they became so scared and, um, you know, going to birth trauma workshops. Really, I, I couldn't have been in the, a more scared place. I was scaring myself way, way more, which is what, which is how life works, by the way, when we surround ourselves, whatever we surround ourselves with, like I promise you, if you, if you surround yourself even like for one month, just listening to people raving about birth and loving birth, you'll feel different versus being a month with people who are petrified. It's just, mm -hmm. it's kind of sounds obvious, but we don't, we don't actually live by that necessarily. You know, we'll speak to our friends and then we'll feed it together and then we'll make it bigger. And we don't really realize that the environment's having such a impact. But anyway, I was, I was really scaring myself even more. And, um, and then I find myself, I, I find a period sort of skipped. Um, and I'm thinking that's odd. Um, well, it wasn't so odd because I hadn't I hadn't taken my contraceptive pill for that month, um, <laughs> so it wasn't that odd. But um, weirdly, I, I think I just missed one pill, something ridiculous, when I was so religiously taking it because I was like, I can't get pregnant like for ten yeah. years. Um, and I, I not for a moment did I think I could be pregnant because wow. I don't know. I just not for a moment. I because I kept feeling like period pain type things but the period wasn't coming and I was like okay my period's coming and I just I don't know I didn't it just was the furthest thing from my mind I thought I'll just do a pregnancy test just because whatever the period skipped but yeah. you know it's a weird, I didn't think it and um and I, of course then I'm in the toilet and I, I, I I'm weeing on the stick and then I just put the stick aside and I'm not even really paying any attention I'm like I'm really not expecting it for one second and I just glance to the side and I see the two lines wow. I'm like literally the shock the shock of it was like you know it, it it couldn't have come more out of nowhere and um that was my gift because I don't know what happened to me in this moment but something happened to me in that moment which now after I did all my studies afterwards I look back and can explain it but in that moment I I, I genuinely think it was just the shock of it my it's hard to explain, but like we, we live the way we live. We're living in our belief system. We're living in our belief system. We're walking mm -hmm. around in our belief system. We can't see outside of our belief system. If we, you know, ordinarily, we can't see outside of it. Um, we, we're in it. We're in it. We're in, we're literally like a fish in water. We don't even realize we're in it, but we're in it. We're in our belief system. And then we look out at the world through our belief system. And that's what we see. And we're like, well, that's true. That's what I see. So the only way I can kind of explain what happened uh, in hindsight was 
my belief system kind of fell away for a split second, for a split second. And it's really hard to explain. So it's kind of like, it was like in that second, there was no, it's kind of like I wasn't there in that second. I kind of, I kind of wasn't there anymore. It wasn't like me with my opinions and my, my this and my that or my belief system. It was just like, it's almost like peeping, but I don't know if you know the Wizard of Oz, but it's like peeping behind the curtain of okay. like, think something so scary. And then like, there's this little, there's this little man behind. And it's almost like I got to see a reality that was more real than what I had been living in my entire life in that second. Mm -hmm. And it, I can only explain it in a feeling because the feeling that whooshed in was a feeling of knowing, of certainty, of bliss, of like surety, of like, this is going to be fine. This is going to be fine. You're going to give birth normally and naturally, and you're going to be absolutely fine in a split second. And then it went, and then it went, and I was back, and I was like, oh my God, okay. I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, oh my God. Oh my <laughs> and I fell into like, of course, panic of like, but I couldn't, it, it's taken me a long while to be able to verbalize this because for, for a long time I, I was like I'd, I'd kind of forgotten that that had even happened but it was undeniable it changed me it, it's almost like an enlightenment moment it had changed me I was changed it was like I'd seen something I would see I'd seen like oh my gosh what, what I'm believing about childbirth isn't true <laughs> no. um, and although I did of course go into anxiety and panic and fear mm -hmm. afterwards it was like oh my gosh my biggest fear and never mind the shock of it I was like oh I've got nine months to try and conquer this and like mm -hmm. you know how the hell am I going to do this um it didn't leave me that feeling of it's going to be fine that came with such a calmness and such a I, I think probably everyone has had it in their lives but it's almost like to identify you can't necessarily identify it unless you're really, mm. I don't know, paying attention to everyday moments. But we've all had it where some quiet certainty comes in. And it can be when you meet your husband and there's just a quiet certainty that says this is the one. And you kind of even might even dismiss it. Or just like very quiet, like this this is it. It always gives me the shivers because we miss it. We miss it because we're so much in our busy mind that we miss these quiet nuggets of absolute wisdom and absolute truth. Um, but once you start getting attuned to that, you can start following that and living by that because that is that is true. The anxious craziness, that's not true. It's where we live most of the time, but it's mm. not true. I mean, it's insane. It's insane to think about yeah. it. Um, yeah, I don't know whether you want to ask anything I carry on or I... I I have a couple questions. Uh, I feel like I have a lot like I'm processing right now and I, I just want to hear your perspective of it because it sounds to me like your tocophobia was specifically related to the childbirth aspect and not necessarily your body being pregnant. Would you agree with that? Well, that's really interesting. Does mine is mine. Sorry to interrupt you. Mine is more so like the process of being pregnant because I I obviously will have anxiety when I give birth, no matter if it's cesarean or, or natural, whatever the circumstances. I've had surgery before. I am a nurse, but I don't make a good patient. Like I'm anxious about anything that's done to my body. But having had friends that have had 
babies already and have kind of talked a little bit about the experience and how empowering it is, I feel like that'll be really healing for me. And so I'm excited for that aspect of it, but it's everything before that where like part of my therapy when, when I first started and realized like, Oh, I have tocophobia and what exposure therapies can I do? Even walking through the store, I would avoid the pregnancy tests or like the baby clothes and stuff like that. It's, and, and I have even taken like a pregnancy test knowing I wasn't pregnant just to get over that hump of like avoidance and fear. And that was a huge experience for me too. So it's even, it's even like played into my relationship with my husband and like, I sometimes will like, I know this is very personal, but like it affects my sex relationship, my sexual relationship with my husband. So like, I'm curious from your point of view and your experience, if any of those kind of things trickled in or if it was mostly like, okay, now that I am pregnant, I I'm worried about the point nine months from now instead of right here, right now. Oh yeah. That's really interesting. It just goes to show like we give it a blanket term, tocophobia. And from working mm-hmm. with women, it's so different. It couldn't be more different. It's like to give it a blanket term like that. Definitely my main fear was how does a big baby get out of a small hole? I, I just couldn't get my head around it. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like this is not physically possible. Full stop. It's torture. That was definitely my biggest fear. The pregnancy, I mean, I work with loads of women who are this whole concept of like the body growing the a this feeling of an alien being inside you, this feeling that's move, this thing moving inside of you, um, it's a big, it's it's very common. It's a very common. This really interests me. I, I mean, and working with these women, I see that the root is different for every woman. Like mm-hmm. like because psychology comes at it because because I, I did this thesis on the on the fear of childbirth. Psychology comes at it from the standpoint of um, control. Like we're yeah. out of, it, it's a feeling that we're out of, that we're losing control. And that is, absolutely the, main, the two main fears of pregnant women are, are like the fear of losing control and the fear of the unknown. They are the top two of every, uh-huh. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. exactly me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so because for sure, this thing is growing in your body and like taking over your body. And also this whole thing about it, it's all about the baby and this, it's such a weird concept. You've got this thing inside of you and. Like, you know, there's so many things from the psychological perspective that go into about that. And, uh, yeah, this thing controlling you, number one. And secondly, yeah, you can't control it. So it's yeah. it's both of those fears. Um, I definitely did have the fear of, gosh, like I can handle it when the, when the bump is this big, but, like, it's going to get bigger than this. And, like, oh, my mm. goodness, like that kind of, like I just couldn't. Yeah, the whole thought of a pregnant belly and being so big, it did it did really scare me. But I never really had that thing with the moving. Um, but it's so amazing, like when I've worked with women, to find the root of these things. I mean, it, it, it sounds so crazy because you've got to kind of believe in stuff to, <laughs> to, to sort of even question, like, is this possible? But yeah. some of it has come from their mother, inherited emotions from their mother, when they were pregnant, that has been inherited into the fetus. And then, so before they were even born, this belief system is is, is in them. And we've cleared it. But insane. It's like, we're just like, how can this even be possible? It's not even my, you know, it's not even your stuff, possibly. It's something that maybe your mother was thinking when you were pregnant that's been absorbed by you. Just crazy, uh, you know, but it, 
it's amazing because you can get to the root of these things. You can't without all the speculation. Um, and all we kind of feel as tocophobic women is like this anxiety. And we're just like, we want it gone. We want it gone. But what we, what we kind of sort of don't acknowledge or don't, don't realize at the time is like when we talk about triggers, I'm triggered when I see a pregnant woman, I'm triggered. Like we're triggering something within ourselves. We're triggering a memory within ourselves, whether it's ours or our mothers or our ancestors or past lives even have come up. I know this might sound weird to a lot of people. I, I personally think it's maybe symbolic, but who knows? I, I'm open to everything. Um, it's triggering that. It's triggering something inside of us. It could even be when we were left at nursery by our mum at the age of two mm. that causes this um, uh Fear of beginnings, say, fear of new beginnings, because we were left at nursery and we were two and our mum left us. So then we associate, oh my gosh, a new beginning, and I start nursery, mm. a new beginning is the most anxious, distressing thing that exists. And then, so then we were getting pregnant, and guess what? That's a new beginning. Right. Yeah. It, it's like, it can be so abstract and so sort of, you, you can't really, that's what's so amazing about the human psyche, the, the connections that we make and the memories that we hold. But what is getting triggered? is like the wound the wound let's call it a wound call it the kind of mini trauma whatever it might be of when we took on that belief in the first place that that's what it's triggering which is good news it's not as bad as it's not as bad as we think it's not like there's it's not like there's something wrong with us it's not like there's something wrong with us we're human beings we've taken on beliefs we've taken on thoughts um that's it that's our only crime We've taken on beliefs <laughs> unknowingly, not our choice, not our choice, not our choice what we believed, is it? It's like not our choice what we took in, not our choice what was believed. You know, out of all the things that we take in on a daily basis, why should we have, you know, believed certain things and not believed other things? It's like, who knows? Who knows? It's a mystery. So I love the root of what you were saying that there's not something wrong with you because I think this whole concept and what was going on in my brain felt so big to me that I didn't even dive in or question what was going on for the longest time. I just felt like something was wrong with me because all these women are like excited when they announce they're pregnant, excited about having a new baby. And I was like, that is my worst fear. That's like, I don't want anything to do with that. There has to be something wrong with me. And I think innately being a woman and that being like the one thing that separates you from a guy, the ability to bring life in, the fact that I wanted nothing to do with that felt like really, really isolating and wrong. And I've done so much therapy to recognize that there's a root reason behind my fear. And it's not, it's not anything that I did. It just like kind of happened to me. But I think Mm -hmm. if anybody is dealing with this phobia and hasn't like grasped that concept. I just wanted to highlight that, that there is nothing wrong with you because it took Uh me so long to understand that and accept it for myself. And it's such an extra layer of trauma that what you say that we put onto ourselves because we've got our feelings and that's bad enough because like no one else is feeling what we're feeling or we feel that we feel like that because actually, you know, as we can see, there's this whole group of women who feel that and even regular pregnant women they talk about the same things it's just not as much in a magnifying glass as you know us lot but it's it's but not only you feel different from everyone else but then we add on this extra layer of thought which is oh my god like all the the shame the shame of feeling it that goes like what's wrong with me and the guilt and the all this extra 
And I think we underestimate how kind of damage it's almost like a trauma. It's almost like we traumatize ourselves again. It's uh, we underestimate how um, debilitating that is. So yeah, I think it's the first thing I say to everybody, and even with postnatal depression, it's normal. It's normal, like you know, it, it takes off so much pressure. These women who they've just gone through childbirth, and it's, it's like literally when you have a baby and you, your whole role and everything has changed in your life, and you're going through a little bit of a depression, mm-hmm. and then that label of postnatal depression is suddenly like, oh my god, I've got postnatal depression, and on come all the layers of like, oh gosh, what's wrong with me? And I've got to snap out of it. And I've got to be grateful. I've got the baby. All of this. And just to say to these women, what you're feeling is completely, you know, there's nothing bigger than this. This is the biggest transition of your life. Mm-hmm. What you're feeling is completely and utterly normal. And just that in itself, it's just like, let's just normalize. Let's just normalize everything. Exactly. You know? um, exactly. Because yeah. Liv, you know that like, I wasn't necessarily super excited when we found out. I was more in shock. I was like, okay, everything is changing, and I haven't necessarily hit that excited part even still now. It's just like, okay, this is a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it really is. Mm -hmm. I do have a hard time with, I feel like, society and things like the movies, how they depict pregnancy, because it's always, I don't know, it seems like every show that I watched growing up that was like, people my age or like in their young 20s if they got pregnant it was like not wanted and really scary and hugely affected the relationship um or like an accident whatever the reasoning is and so it always like added this stress component where like if pregnancy was involved in a show I like would drop off and stop watching it or like Mm -hmm. on the opposite end of the spectrum I would tune in so intently trying to like grasp at any information as I got more comfortable talking about it and thinking about it in my own mind where like I would take on whatever was happening to the character or what they were feeling as like oh well this will happen to me type of thing so I wish that movies and stuff depicted it in a little better of a way because it does feel like there's not a ton of conversation about how empowering it is and like beautiful and stuff like that like I'm just starting to feel comfortable really listening and trying to absorb stories that make the whole experience a positive one because I feel like they're harder to find I always tell women because it's it's again this um it's almost like because I teach hypnobirthing which is self-hypnosis and it's almost like we've been hypnotized as a society to believe certain things to believe that childbirth is hard to believe that childbirth is dangerous hard scary We've definitely been conditioned to believe that. There are the small few who we think are mad, who love it <laughs> on this natural birth thing. And we, we almost don't like them a bit because, like, they're a bit too sort of <laughs> the other end. But you know what I mean? And it's like, but they're a bit weird. But, like, we all know that it's really hard. And it's it's conditioning. Yeah. It's, it's, it's extreme. I always tell my ladies, like, just start now. Like, surround yourself with all the amazing stuff out there. Ina Mae Gaskin, her books. Like, just start there. The story after story after story of incredible birth stories at her place, Ina Mae Gaskin, she which was a midwife. She had a place called The Farm, which is, you know, so interesting because animals just give birth just like that. And we're, we are like mammals. There's no reason why we shouldn't just mm-hmm. be able to just <laughs> give birth like that. And, and it's... And, and what's so amazing and empowering is these women are just normal women. They just happen to go to the, the farm, which is Ina Mae Gaskin's, um, whatever it was, birth center. 
but they weren't screened before they went there of, of the easy births or whatever it is. Like they're just normal people. The only difference is the belief system. The belief system in her place was we can do this. We're, we're women. We're women together. We're built for this. We can do it. Um, you know, we're supporting you and that's it. This is going to be empowering. This is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's cultures that celebrate it, right? And that women are excited to get to childbearing age. They're excited for it. Imagine if we lived in such a culture, everyone's like, my God, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to give birth. Like, Absolutely. I can't wait to get to my time. It's going to be my time. Wow, wow. But there are cultures like that. Um, and ours is like, no way. Ours just isn't like that. But it's it's really interesting to start sort of seeing the role of the role of our thoughts and beliefs and conditioning in all of this. Mm-hmm. Not that we can change it, by the way, but necessarily so easily yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> but it helps to start reading these things orgasmic birth is another one great book um, okay yeah where okay. women have orgasms where women have orgasms Amazing. during birth <laughs> so that's the during potential <laughs> whoa okay that's the potential that's i'm definitely gonna want you to send us an email with like the link of <laughs> That, if it's a book, and then the, oh, the yes. one that you were talking about, the farm, I'm really interested in that yes. kind of experience. Yeah, yeah, they're great, great resources. There's loads, there's loads, but that those two definitely stand out in my mind, yeah. Okay, and we'll we'll likely link them in the show notes as well as, as your book, The Missing Piece in Childbirth, so anybody yeah. that's listening that's curious can have access to that. But I want to kind of shift into your initial childbirth. Um, I get that you it was a completely different experience than you thought and you became quote unquote addicted to it. So the other ones were probably not as stress inducing, but that first one, I kind of want to like walk through it. However detailed that you want to about like, were you able to have it naturally? Did you have any kind of pain relief? What was that? Like when your water broke, if it did like that initial, like, okay, I'm in it. How do I go through this? Like, where was your mind at? I want to hear the story. Yeah. yeah, like I say, that initial kind of moment of finding out I was pregnant, something happened to me then, for sure. There was something that was seen that changed me. I couldn't put my finger on it. So I think, although I went, I did definitely go into panic afterwards. I, I researched everything. I'm like, I've got nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was going to go to Sweden. I was going to fly to Sweden oh. to do because they're really into the fear of childbirth there. Okay. <laughs> to do a fear of childbirth training there, I was looking at so many different things. And I tried loads of different things and EMDR. Oh, I'm sure mm-hmm. you know what we're all doing on that group. Like, what can we do? Just like, ah. Yeah. Um, so I tried lots and lots of things. Um, it's really interesting to know because because again you you can't really know what worked and what didn't work what I know is as I was getting closer I was becoming less scared Mm. um I did hypnobirthing I I did hypnobirthing which I love I loved and I love and I I straight away this was my whole misunderstanding I I feel that I learned the hypnobirthing I got very into it I did it religiously, like I'm a good student. I'm like, just tell me what to do. Yeah. I'll do it perfectly. Tell me how many affirmations. Tell me, tell me what to visualize. How many times do I have to listen to my tracks? I'll do it all. I'll do it all perfectly. I'll be the perfect student, and then like I'll get my birth. So that's um, I did it like that, mm. and I did get an incredible birth experience. Really? And my misunderstanding at the time, which is what my book is about, is I thought it was because of the hypno birthing. I'm like, right. All anyone has to do is this structured program, 
you will get the incredible birth because that's what I did. Mm. Even even the leading up to it, like my fear was just falling away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, right, the tracks are working. It's hypnotizing me, um, which maybe partly it was. Um, and then at the birth itself, and I'd say it was a similar experience to, and I know this isn't really helpful necessarily because I didn't, do this. I didn't control this happening, um, but it was similar to what happened to me when I sort of looked at my pregnancy test. Of like, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. The, mm. My intellect was not there during birth, and it's such a wonderful experience when you're not there. It's like you're just the best version of yourself that could ever exist. I can compare it to um, when maybe you're doing something very in your body, like when you're dancing <laughs> or or running or probably hiking, Mm. your thoughts aren't necessarily on your problems and Mm. on your fears. You're just in it. You're just in the present moment. Mm. And that is the key, which we know from reading all these spiritual texts. But, you know, it's It's all very well to say, like, just just be in the present, be in the now, blah, blah, blah. Um, But what really helped me was understanding that birth is designed to throw us into the present moment mm-hmm. and it's what is available to us that during birth our mind our brain waves go the slowest they will ever go during a waking state nobody knows that nobody tells us that that is the most empowering thing that, that, to know mm-hmm. right that you literally go into it slower than a meditative state and I don't know whether you've ever done meditation mm-hmm. or breath work but you move into a different state of consciousness mm-hmm. Birth takes you there. You are gifted those hormones during birth. Naturally, it's there for you to just fall into, that you can just fall into this. You're being phased out. We're not supposed to be there in our conscious, present mind without all our fears or all our anxieties and the bright lights and the doctors and the nurses are talking to us. That's not, that wasn't the design because the design by nature is to phase us out. And it happens like you can't string a sentence together if you go with it and you facilitate it. If you're chatting to the midwife and, you know, they're sort of saying, oh, can we check you now? And this and that. Then then you're like, we stop ourselves going into it unknowingly, the hospital staff and everything. It, it's it's stopping us going into that. But once we know that that's what's there for us and that's what's meant for us and we can just fall into it, you fall into this natural trance. It's not hypnobirthing that's doing it. You fall into that trance. It's what's meant for us. And in that trance, and of course, hypnobirthing helps amazing. I recommend hypnobirthing to everyone um, because it helps massively to facilitate that change that is happening anyway. Mm -hmm. But once in that trance-like state, you are not yourself any, you're not there in the way that you know yourself. Your fears, your anxieties, they're just not there. They're just not there <laughs> because it's almost like this cage of our belief systems and who we are and our running commentary. If the running commentary just goes away, it's just like, you're just kind of like, it's really nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just like quite blissful. You're just like, I don't know whether that happens when you're on, on drugs, but I said to everyone, it was like I was high on drugs. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Probably. I'm sure probably that's why everyone takes them. Mm-hmm. But it's like this running commentary. Oh, my God, but what if this happens? What if this happens? Oh, my gosh, it's so scary. Da, 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 da. It's insane in our heads. It's like, mm-hmm. it's insane. We'd all be put in a mental home if we were to, <laughs> like, narrate everything that's happening in there. And it drives us insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, but that's not us. And that can fall, that falls away during birth. Aren't we lucky? Wow. That falls away during birth if we can facilitate that. If that's what's there for us. So, I think that that's really useful to know. That's what happened to me. It was blissful. It was incredible. I was, during the contractions, I was like, "Is this it? Is this what I've been fearing my whole life? Like, this is like this is amazing. Number one, this is amazing. Wow. And number two, like, I have to, I have to teach everyone hypnobirthing. That was my misunderstandings of course after the birth I was like hypnobirthing is the answer that's all you need <laughs> many years was teaching it like, trained straight away straight after I had my baby trained and um I found like not so not so easy you know you teach some people you teach it some people it works for some people it doesn't like yes of course it gives you the best chance but like we've all got different belief systems here going on so it's not necessarily the um but where I moved more towards the direction of is trust in actually what we are at our core which is the innate wisdom that we all have inside of us beyond the intellect I mean I've I'm talking like that already you may have picked up kind of what my beliefs and teachings are is that this running commentary can fall into the background this anxiety that gets triggered when we see a pregnant lady yes it can still happen but it's just like it somehow just starts catching you less it somehow catches you less and less because you're realizing oh this is just like an old memory or a trigger and it's oh my anxiety's here now like hello hi anxiety um so you're here again are you oh well like even in my fourth birth and I knew everything I knew about this new understanding plus the hypnobirthing plus having had three amazing births and I found myself scared in my fourth birth really scared well I'm like what (laughs) because I started thinking oh what if what if the second stage hurts this time hadn't hurt in the last three births what if the second stage hurts this time because that's where my mind took me we can't control what we think Mm -hmm. and it's like I found myself in fear and like we can either let ourselves be gripped by that fear when we don't understand how our minds are working. We're gripped by the fear, of course. Like, oh my gosh, I'm scared, la la la. And then then that's going to affect your body. That's going to affect then how much it hurts because then you're sort of tensing up. But with this kind of understanding that I had a little bit of, it's like, right, this is what's here. I'm going to have to feel the effects of my thinking in this moment. I'm scared. How annoying. That's kind of like what it was like, how annoying, which is so different. I still was in the fear, though. I still was in the fear, but it's like, oh, this is really annoying. <laughs> Look where my mind's gone. I, oh, well, I just have to wait for this one to go then. And, like, it did. It did. It did. The fear then went away. But it's like it's not necessarily that we're going to get out of that, that we're human. We can't eradicate fear and anxiety from our experience. We just, it's helpful. It's helpful. It's there for a reason to sort of keep us safe sometimes um you know so anyway so what where am I even going with this so I had the most incredible experience of my lifetime in my first birth and went went to teaching hypnobirthing then came across this new understanding of the mind called um the three principles and innate health that's what my book is about and that's very much pointing to our innate bodily wisdom but our innate mind wisdom your mind will throw you what you need in the moment Mm. incredibly even visualizations for what you need during birth like incredible the wisdom the wisdom that is there 
And it's just taking women on a journey to trust that, to just fall back into that, that life is supporting you, life is guiding you. Mm -hmm. It sounds so fluffy mm -hmm. until you really start realizing that it's true. <laughs> and then you're like, oh my God, I don't know whether everyone has these little synchronicities. You think of someone and then they phone or you start just sort of getting, get even when you say seeing your body grow, your pregnant baby, like it's just like at some point you're like, oh my God, this is, this is like, this is beyond me. Like maybe I'm not actually controlling this because during a pregnancy, you're not doing anything mm -hmm. and your body is growing a baby. It's just like, and then we get to the birth and then we're like, oh, but now I have to do it. Or yeah. it it's just, that's, it's just even the wording I give birth. It's like, no, we don't do anything yeah. at, at, at any time in our lives. We're like, you know, there's something bigger than us running the show, which is very, very, very good news because it does it so much better than we could ever do it. Um, whatever you want to call that, the life force, some people will at God, mm -hmm. the life force, the energy, the the intelligence behind life, you know, the fact that an acorn turns into a tree, the fact that a fetus turns into a baby, there's something living <laughs> that is working, that is sort of growing in a direction of sort of... Um, you know, the, the, a, a good direction, you know, that yeah. is intelligent, that is intelligent. So it's really, I, I, I like to take my ladies on, it's a journey of trust. It's a journey of mm -hmm. seeing what's already there. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my goodness, my amniotic fluid is changing every two days. Like, who knew such a thing? Like, what, like, you, you'd be astounded. They say you, can, you can't intellectually grasp what your body is doing during pregnancy. We wouldn't be able to intellectually grasp it because it's so mind-blowing what you can imagine what the body is doing all the intelligence there what it's doing um so it's just really getting an appreciation of that and that guidance uh, but it's not to say that we can't get at the root of things which i do go in that direction as well when people are really stuck um that if there are fears not to just say well you know you just have to live with it um because you don't and you can tackle them at the root level and clear them as well um, but I always say that fear, fear, and anxiety is always going to be part of your experience and we wouldn't want it any other way, really. You know, we want the whole spectrum of human emotion and we don't want to be scared of the negative. Mm. That was my slight thing with hypnobirthing. It was a bit too much. We only want to feel ease, joy, relaxation. You don't want any of, you don't want any of this experience of like fear and, and, and anxiety. And it's like, but we're human, we're human, we're human. Let's just allow ourselves to have everything and not be so afraid of the fear. Um, but I do, um, I, I now use belief coding with a lot of my ladies, which is an incredible modality, which can really get you to the root of what it's all about, get you to the memory of where this all started and clear it. So that's also amazing. Like, why not? We have these tools and techniques there. Why not? Coupled with the truth of, you know, the truth of life that we are being supported and guided. And it's just, it just allows you that, that you can just fall back a bit and breathe a bit and, you know, mm -hmm. that there's something, it's not all on us. It's not all on us. I think that's the main, that's the I main thing. I love that. Yeah, I do like that visual, visualization of thinking that 
I don't have to be in control or I don't have to understand all the unknowns of it because those are the biggest issues that I have. So it's comforting to know that you can kind of let go of that if you just, I don't know. A lot of me feels like I'm not going to be able to step into it until I don't have any anxiety at all. At all, and I know that that's not oh. realistic, but that's no. what. I'm... <laughs> oh, that's mistake. That is the mistake, isn't it? Because you think like I'll, I'll get over the fear first, and then like look for me, it happened by mistake, and it's like thank goodness because I would have never have done it. Mm. I would never have done it. <laughs> it's just like avoid it for life, and um, I don't think that one ever gets to a point of like, well, let's just get to a point of no fit. It's what people talk about with pushing ourselves out of comfort zones, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like if you just say, well, I'm only ever going to do, go live on Facebook. You know, people seem, seem to be scared of that. <laughs> I only do it when I'm just not going to be nervous anymore. Well, forget it. Just like, you know, go through your whole life and die without ever going on Facebook. Then. <laughs> <laughs> live on, do you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's, and then people do it once and it's the scariest thing of their life. I mean, I can't believe I'm, I'm comparing going live on Facebook to giving birth, but it, it's the same with anything. Yeah. Yeah. It is that level of fear. People have almost passed out before going live on Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the level of anxiety and fear and like, and they do it once and they're like, uh, it's the worst time of their life. And they do it again and they do it again and they do it again. And it's just like, do you know what I mean? It's, uh, you, you it, it's it's kind of growing with it and it's pushing out of that comfort zone isn't it but I understand what you say because for you getting pregnant it's like well what if what if I just can't handle it you mm-hmm. want to make sure that you're at a level where you can sort of cope cope with it mm-hmm. um yeah I've to be able to sort of I've done a ton of work but it is just in general talking to you and even seeing your face, I know that this is a, an audio experience for listeners, but we can see each other when we're talking mm-hmm. to see you like be animated and saying like, it was such a great experience or even like that big, no, like that's not how you should think when I was saying like about my anxiety and feeling like I should have it completely covered before um, mm-hmm. I get through it. Um, it's just, it's really comforting because I thought I was the only one that had gone through this at all. I didn't even hear about the term tocophobia until last January. My, I finally started therapy and my therapist sent me the word. And I, I remember going to the bathroom and crying because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not a freak. Like I'm not alone. There's other people out there like me. So that's why um. it's so cool that there's a Facebook group out there too with women that have a whole bunch of different reasonings and they share if they're able to go through the experience, like it's never as bad as you think. And they'll post pictures of their babies and like be totally open for questioning and stuff. So if you do struggle with that, know that that's there and we'll link the support group in the show notes, but Mm -hmm. let's kind of shift into talking about your work specifically in case anybody wants to reach out to you. It kind of sounds like to me and correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of your day to day is kind of like this experience where you're talking to another woman one-on-one and trying to get to the root of the reasoning behind that and working through it and all of that is like, what else do you do on a day-to-day involving Mm -hmm. your work with, with women and and things like this? Yeah. Oh gosh. It's so varied. I mean, I take groups up. I love the live groups. I don't like this move to Zoom. I mean, I wouldn't be speaking to you because you're in a different country. It is amazing for things like that. But when I I, I just think nothing beats the face-to-face for me. So um, I I very much have moved in that direction. Like I take groups of pregnant ladies um, really on this journey of um, 
empowerment, like really just empowering the woman. This isn't something that's going to happen to you that you're going to have to get through and it's going to be awful. Like, come on, we're so powerful. We're so incredible. We're so powerful. Let's like just discover that. Let's discover that because we are, because we are. And if we don't realize it, let's just now discover it together. And it's just taking that on the journey of just observation and noticing things. And wow, how did I know what to do? How did I know what to do when that happened? And just like obvious things, but like when things happen, so much of our lives are what if, what if, and things happen and we just know what to do. It's like, that's the wisdom I'm talking about. That's the noticing. I'm It's just taking women on this journey of like trust and like, you know, we, we, we've got everything we need and we know everything, you know? So um, really connecting women in back into their bodies, um, a lot of kind of visualizations, but going in, going inside. And it's amazing the answers the inside will give you that doesn't come from you. doesn't come from your intellect. It comes from somewhere deeper and uh, the wisdom that is there. It's just like, it's, it's golden to, to be able to get to that. And very easy to get to, you know, just by quietening the mind a bit and going inside. Um, also, I do groups for, for mothers who are navigating the after parts of the craziness of new motherhood. Again, finding their power, finding like who we really are and our strength within us. Mm-hmm. Um, I also run a, a networking group. That's a different thing of, of holistic practitioners just because just because of, for my own interest, just because I love all of that. Mm-hmm. All the amazing modalities that are out there blows your mind um but this helping people one-to-one it's not just talking and trying to work it out because I used to do that I used to be a traditional therapist and it can have you going around in circles that because you can just speculate forever Mm -hmm. and you never really know if you if you're hitting it right we can make up this is the this is what's amazing about human beings we're creators we're 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 storytellers we love spinning i but I call us the story spinners. We mm-hmm. spin stories all day long. We, we love it. We're, yeah. you know, we're amazing creative beings. And um, I think, although I loved, I loved the talking therapy as well, I think the belief coding now that I do is, it's through techniques. And I was always a bit of a therapist snob when all these new things came along, and NLP and all these different things. Uh, the new stuff that has come out, all these different therapies, and I'm like, no, that's, you know, that's for people who've done a, 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 that's not proper therapy. I never looked at that stuff. And um, then as as life has it, it came right in my face when more and more women were like, I want results now. I need this fear gone now. I haven't got time. I mean, I've got time to talk to you for two sessions. I need it gone now. Um, that pushed me into looking more for rapid therapy. It's like, right, let's just see what's out there then. And um astounded and humbly (laughs) I was like okay this stuff actually works and Mm -hmm. it amazes me again because I'm just in awe of the human psyche again the fact that everything is recorded in our system you could get to a memory of when you're two years old when some whatever when something happened that could be affecting your fear of childbirth it's just like and they can see themselves at the age of two and they can feel what they were feeling it's just like wow just just wow how how you know um and that it can actually be cleared it's 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 just like I say just the fascination with mm-hmm. with our minds it I'll, I'll never get to the end of that so I'm always um I combine it really a lot those two those two things but what you were saying about anxiety I do think it is a new understanding of 
you know, we feel the anxiety and it feels so horrible that we're just like, I want this gone now. And we'll do everything we can to sort of get rid of it. And I think in that way, we're, we're going to war with it. We're going to war with it. We're like, right, get your sword out. And when you go to war with it, it pushes back more. It pushes back more. And it's almost like just getting comfortable with it, not being so scared of it. And the main thing, understanding that it's not telling you anything about, like I used to think, this must mean that birth is really dangerous and pregnant. This is true because look how anxious I am. So this, this, there's either there's something wrong with me, which I did think, but also like, you know, this is scary. This is dangerous. It means I am going to die in childbirth. You know, all these things that you read on those groups. I, I, I'm going to die in childbirth. Like, I wouldn't be this anxious otherwise. And like, it's just this new sort of, it's turning on its head. This new understanding of like, all the anxiety is telling me is is the story that I'm running in my head right now. That's it. Mm. That's all. That's all. And that really is all that, that that's, mm-hmm. that's no small thing. Cause if I'm running a movie of I'm going to die, that's petrifying for any person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's going to cause anxiety. We start sort of getting on to the, uh, getting onto that fact of like, all oh, right, my mind's spinning stories right now. Okay. I'm in anxiety. It, it just relax into it. It's just like, Oh, I'm just watching a scary movie right now in my head. Mm-hmm. That's all that's happening. Mm-hmm. It's just, you can just, and it's almost like your alarm bell. It's like, right, okay, my thinking's gone haywire. Like, let's go and have a cup of tea. Right? Rather than go to the internet and be like, right, tocophobia, how do I get over this? This is so awful. It's like, just go and have a cup of tea or go and have a bath. Because it's just that your thinking's gone into knots. That's all that's happened. And we just want to, like, unknot it a bit and just, like, it's it's an interesting, you know, switch. And I'm not saying it happens overnight, but it's just, it's looking in a new direction or it's planting the seed to look in a new direction. Mm-hmm. So for any listeners that want to find out more information or reach out to you specifically, can you yes. like list your website or anything else that you feel the need to share? Yes. So the website is birthfree.com. B I R T H free F R E E birthfree. Um, what else can I share? I'm not very good with the technical, like I say. Um, okay. I do have I do have some Facebook groups. God knows what they're even called anymore. Um, the book the book is the missing piece in childbirth. P E A C E, um, and that missing piece is really just to find ourselves, to find the truth of ourselves in all of this, and um, this switch in understanding of what our mind is doing to us. Really, that's what the book is about, and. That's it. I can't think of anything else to share. That's I, it. Yeah. I think the last thing I want to ask, and it can kind of just like highlight the previous stuff we talked about, but if you could say anything to your pre-pregnant, pre-childbirth mm. self, knowing what you know now, like what would you say to her? Oh, that's so interesting because I don't think I would have listened. That's the problem. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's like me saying to you, what could I say to you to make you not scared now? Nothing, right? Yeah. <laughs> but this yeah, is what's, I, I don't know, but this is what's so interesting. It's like you have to see it for yourself. Like no one can tell you anything, but that's the beauty that you do have the answers inside of you. Mm. Like if I took you on a visualization and took you deep down and then had you meet your future self, I don't know whether you've ever done one of those, 
and then you ask your future self, like, what do you have to tell me? Then it's real, true wisdom from the depths. And, and it's always like, you'll be fine. <laughs> it's, it's like no big deal. But because it comes from within, it's like, oh, my God, this is true. This is true. Like, there's yeah. nothing to be afraid of. But, like, there's nothing to be afraid of that will give you shivers because it's like, oh, my God, yeah, this is true. There's nothing to be afraid of. Mm. And I suppose I'd say those things. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. There's, there's no truer thing said. You know, mm. like the fear is the scary bit, as we see from those groups. Right. The women are like, I'm going to die. Help me. I'm, I'm giving birth. This is, I'm going to die. Next day, oh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Here's the baby. It's the best thing ever. Everyone should do it. It's so funny. I wish I could record those things and just take a snippet of all of them. Because yeah. it shows up. Mm-hmm. It's our mind. What our mind does to us that is the scary thing. Mm. And like, go give birth. It's brilliant. Go on. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on, Deborah. Pleasure. Thank you. We'll definitely have everything linked in the show notes for anybody that's interested. And she is on that Tokophobia support Facebook group. So we'll have that link too. And she's on there too. So maybe she'll respond. Yes. And I'm starting a Tokophobia support live group, not live face to face, but like, like that group is just I like to see people's faces. So I want to do that. I want to start that and, um, you know, get people together, get people talking, take out the fear a bit. So that's also something that's going on in the background. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely send us information about that too because yes. I definitely want to be yes. a part of that. Yes, that would be amazing. At 6 a.m. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Middle of the night is worth it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Wander. Well, I should correct myself here. We're going to have two guests in one episode. This is the first yes. time we're doing that. So it's still the same episode, but we have a new guest with us today. And her name is Jessica. She is also from the Tokophobia support Facebook group that I'm a part of. She reached out willing to share her story. So we're going to be chatting with her experience with pregnancy and childbirth here today. So we were kind of talking about, you know, how we do the story time, the games before we really get into the chat each episode. Sandy and I kind of covered that earlier with Deborah. So Jessica, if you want to share really quickly what your empowered in your body moment is, we would love to hear it. Well, it might be no surprise that it's giving birth. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I tried. I was like, can I think of something that's not so obvious, but I just can't. It's just such a moment I'm and I'm grateful that I did have a birth that left me feeling empowered and then following that I would say it I I breastfed I'm still breastfeeding actually so being able to nourish my child soothe him regulate his emotions comfort him with my physical body has been a really cool experience definitely empowering Mm-hmm. That's, That's so awesome. cool. Our bodies are amazing. <laughs> and no, no hard feelings about it being related to the topic. We expected that. It's as yeah. somebody that also has tocophobia. It's almost like comforting to hear that you've had this yeah. huge transition with that. So I'm excited yeah. to get to the nitty gritty of your story. But first, we don't really know anything about you. So tell us yeah. like where you're from. What do you yeah. do? Hobbies, yeah. whatever you want to share. Yeah, so I am 35 years old. Um, I had my baby when I was 33, so he's two and a half years old, so I'm a mom. Um, I live just outside of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. 
Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> we have an acreage out here, small acreage. Oh. Um, bit about me, I'm a pretty calm, chill person in general, but I do suffer from anxiety, which actually a lot of people would find very surprising to hear because I come off as being very relaxed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep it all inside. Um, I walk this line, this kind of relates to my birth story too. I walk a line between like a crunchy, holistic person, but also I'm very science-based too. Um, and that definitely had a lot to do with how I ended up with the birth I had. Um, I'm a little bit introverted. I'm pretty private. I love animals. I always have. You already saw my dog on here. I have three (laughs) dogs and a horse. I am actually a dog trainer. I do a little bit of photography too. Um, with one of my dogs, the one who poked her head in earlier, she uh, we do agility together. And in the winter, we kick sled. So we're pretty outdoorsy. Um, ride my horse, too. So lots of outdoorsy stuff, lots of animal activities. Um, yeah. And then since having my baby, I have become a little bit obsessed with birth, um, specifically what we would call physiological birth, which is like a natural birth, if you want to use that label and responsive parenting too. So I've gone down a few of those rabbits. Oh, cool. You sound like right up our alley. Like we're both the same. He always says multi-passionate girlies. Um, Yeah. yeah, She's a photographer. Uh, We're both outdoorsy in our own way. So we're excited to have you on. I, I don't know why I assume that you were like in the States for some reason, Deborah, that we recorded with earlier is from London. So I think it's really cool that both oh, of you guys yeah, yeah. aren't even in the States at all. Yes. Um, we're the same mount. We're the same uh, time zone still. So that could right. be why you thought. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. But I'm in Wisconsin. So I was like, Oh, maybe she's yeah. close. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah. So, um, if you're comfortable with it and of course only share what you feel called to share. So we're going to be diving into your pregnancy story, your tocophobia a little bit. So I know when you kind of filled out our little questionnaire, you mentioned a TLC show and some trauma as a child when you broke your arm. Mm-hmm. Have you done any like digging or therapy to kind of make connections about what put those two together for you yeah I have uh I have done some therapy but not we haven't really gotten to that at this point um but definitely have done some like just soul searching and really just trying to dig deep myself and figure out where it kind of all came from um it kind of became I don't know when it became obvious to me but I just started putting two and two together so I broke my arm when I was seven or eight years old And I had to have surgery. I don't remember any fear when I went to the hospital, when I had x-rays done, when I knew I was having surgery. Um, I don't remember any issues afterwards, except I had three pins in my elbow. Mm -hmm. And what I think was the trigger is having those pins removed. I remember being really scared to have them taken out. And I remember the doctor trying to trick me like, Oh, what's over there. And then Mm -hmm. he'd grab a tool and like try to yank one out. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember if I was like held down and forced at some point to get them pulled out, but I have vivid memories of it being a really scary experience. So I think that is what set off my fear of doctors, hospitals, 
medical mm-hmm. procedures, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, and then I think how that got combined with the birth fear, like most of us, we are overly exposed to unrealistic birth scenes in the media. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just watching movies, TV, that kind of thing definitely was a trigger like for a lot of us. Um, and then I do specifically remember watching a birth story on TLC. I liked a wedding story and I think a birth story came after. So I would watch yeah. both. I don't know how old I was, but I'm sure I was 10 or 11 or 12, maybe. Um, and I mean, just curious for just curiosity. Like, what is this all about? I don't, I don't know. Uh-huh. And of course, like being a television show, drama makes good TV. So mm-hmm. it's lots of, you know, on your back, legs up being told what to do, screaming, crying, emergency C-sections, intervention, that stuff. They want that on TV. And it's so now that I have had a really great birth and I know more about birth, that is just so not what birth needs is, is meant to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that combined with, you know, seeing hospital births on television in that show mm-hmm. and then just other media um, and then my own bit of hospital trauma, those two things merged. And then sure. I just lived my life saying, I honestly didn't really recognize that it had happened for a long time. I just lived my life saying, I don't want to have kids. Hmm. That was it. I have my dogs. I just don't want to have kids. And really? eventually I did kind of would say, I remember a conversation with my mom. I don't know if she'd asked me, like after I got married, maybe if I was having kids. And I said, oh, I'm way too scared of childbirth. I'll never have kids. Mm-hmm. And that was just the end of it. It was like, that's that. Wow. End of story. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a bit of an interesting story how I figured out that I have tocophobia and there is a name for this. I, uh, so I'm a dog trainer and I was searching through my podcast for force free dog training podcast. Uh-huh. And the fear free childbirth podcast is what popped up. And I was just really curious about, oh, interesting. What's this? And scrolled through her episodes, and the first one I found, well, not the first one I listened to, for some reason, was something like Seven Signs You Have Tocophobia. And I'd never heard of the term before. But for whatever reason, I clicked on that, and I took a listen, and I had, like, six of seven signs. And then it was like, whoa, what I have is something, and maybe I should explore this a little bit more. Um, so I did. So then a curiosity got me and I listened to her entire podcast. Um, that's Alexia Leachman's podcast. She's a really great resource. Um, it's full of education about birth and also lots of positive birth stories. Um, and mm-hmm. there are hospital birth stories in there, but most of them are home birth stories. Um, so over time through listening to that, my brain started to change to from I never want to have kids to maybe I do want kids, but I'm just really scared mm-hmm. to, okay, I, I actually do want kids. I have to get over a fear. And I pretty quickly realized I'm very scared of hospitals, but I'm also very scared of dying in childbirth, which mm-hmm. is common. So if I'm scared yeah. of dying in childbirth, it makes the most sense that I would feel safest to give birth in a hospital, but right. I didn't. So I was stuck. So I had to either get over my fear of hospitals or get over my fear of dying in childbirth. Mm-hmm. Um, and just through educating myself and digging really deep, I finally came to the conclusion that birth as nature intended it to be is safe. It doesn't have to necessarily be really painful. Um, 
so I settled on having a home birth. And really? then I decided to try to get pregnant. Okay. Oh gosh, cool. Yeah. So I, I have a couple questions. Mm-hmm. It totally. sounds to me like your phobia was specific to the childbirth portion of it and not necessarily yeah. getting pregnant to begin with. Would you agree with right. that? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Because mine's the opposite. I'm not oh, interested funny. in being pregnant at all, but like if I could wake up and I was crowning, I'm good to go. <laughs> and um, you know what? Now that I've done it, and we'll get more into my pregnancy experience. Now that I've done it, I am thinking about a second child at this point. Mm-hmm. I will give birth again in a heartbeat. I have no desire to be pregnant again. <laughs> okay. Really? Oh, interesting. I, I, I do know feel- in your questionnaire, you kind of mentioned you had a couple rough yeah, I had a uh, tough time. Yeah. hospital states during your pregnancy. Oh. So I do mm-hmm. want to touch on that. But I'm curious, um, the timeline, like when you found this podcast yeah. and listened to it to when you were like, okay, I'm going to try yeah. and get pregnant. Was it, that was a a a it was a year. A year. It was a year. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. So I listened I, to her podcast and then like just through her podcast, I found, you know, she would refer to, you know, she'd have an author on or she'd refer to another podcast. So I just started like listening to other, mostly finding positive birth stories. I found that was really, really what was helpful for me. And then following like some really good Instagram accounts that talk about physiological birth and natural birth, home birth, those yeah. sorts of things. Yeah, I'm curious for my own like therapeutic yeah. journey to listen to that podcast too. So mm-hmm. if really I can't good. find it, I'll reach out to you and see if you can yeah, get us yeah, a link. And we'll, I actually we'll... keep, you might see me on that Facebook group. I keep a list of resources that help me in my phone. So, and I often oh. shoot them over to people so I can just, that's really nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll put it in the, the show notes, a couple of yeah. resources right. and the link to the mm-hmm. Facebook group and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. before you were like, okay, I'm open to getting pregnant at all. What were like the triggers Were you, did you have like a weird relationship with intimacy with your partner or like very obsessive about your contraceptive, anything like that? I was, yeah, I guess I was pretty obsessive with contraception and being safe that way and really trying to avoid getting pregnant. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't actually really thought of that too much until you just asked me that, but I guess, yeah, I definitely did tiptoe around like Mm -hmm. that yeah and I guess I did maybe yeah I don't think it it hasn't it hadn't affected our relationship at all um but I also wasn't open about that issue and when we got married and discussed the child thing he was very much if you want kids we'll have kids and if you don't we won't and I'm fine with that either way so it was never an issue that came up for us Mm -hmm. um but now that you mention it yeah I definitely was obsessive with contraception okay. and being safe and if yeah. I missed you know late for a period it was a bit of a panic yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I but for the most part like I did just kind of live my life like I just don't want kids mm-hmm. so oh. it wasn't like I'd see a pregnant lady and feel triggered by it or anything okay. like that yeah I mean I never liked kids or honestly even now I don't really like other people's kids <laughs> or babies yeah. like I don't want to be around them I don't want to hold your baby don't ask me to. Yeah. Even then it went. So I don't know if that's just a me thing or if it's still that little bit of talkophobia, like yeah. aversion to baby, sure. but I sure. love my own. <laughs> yes. yes. Of course. Yeah. So when you first found out that you were pregnant, did you have any kind of big reaction to that? Oh yeah. I okay. was late for my, so we tried for six months 
to get pregnant. Um, and it was funny, like every month when I get my period, it was actually, it was probably more of a relief than anything. Like, oh, phew, mm. I'm still not pregnant. Like mm. we can hold off on this. But at the same time, I, you know, I was tracking my ovulation and everything. So I was really mm. trying to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was this weird dynamic when I, I did miss uh, my friend of mine, who's actually also my sister-in-law. She's the only one I think who knew that we were trying. Mm-hmm. So when I was late for my period, I had texted her and said, and she's like, Oh, take a test, take a test. And, and I was just like, I must be pregnant because I'm very regular with my cycles Mm -hmm. and I just didn't want to take a test. I was like, I'm good. I'll just like ignore this. But Mm -hmm. I did eventually take a test and I was home alone when I did it. And I cried out of fear. Like I was terrified. Yeah. Yeah, I sobbed. Yeah. And that was the first thing I said to my husband was I was like, I'm pregnant. I'm so scared. And I just sobbed. Yeah. I was really terrified. It really hit me hard. Um, and that first doctor's appointment I went to, I have a lovely family doctor. I'm really lucky that way. We have a great relationship. So that's great. Um, I went to see her initially and I was just like sobbing in her office. I was just, I just said, I'm really scared. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if this is a good idea. Yeah. Suddenly, suddenly it's inevitable, right? Suddenly like the clock is ticking. I'm scared of birth still. I've done a lot of prep here, but I'm still terrified. But now it's coming. Like now I have, you know, eight months <laughs> realistically to prepare. Yeah. So that exactly. was really scary. I didn't want to tell anybody. Um, that first ultrasound was really hard. I didn't want to look at the screen. I mm. felt very disconnected. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you had a hard time with like mm-hmm. watching yourself change and like feeling movement and stuff like that. I actually. I might be a bit of a conundrum. I didn't really have issues. I guess at first I kind of did like seeing that belly growing was a bit like, I just kind of ignored it. Honestly, I kind of put blinders on, like, just don't think about it. It's, yeah. it's just not that it's not happening, but don't think about it too much. Um, I never had issues so much with watching my body change, but I, I don't have like any body image issues in general, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't a thing for me, but definitely like having to get ultrasounds done and then worrying, okay, if the ultrasound, sh- if the ultrasound shows something, then I might have to go for medical tests and I don't want that. Oh, that was my big fear. I really wanted as hands off a pregnancy as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't dumb about it. I did, you know, I had my blood tests and my ultrasounds, yeah. and, but a lot of tests I did decline. Um, and I declined, uh, that first ultrasound, there's a whole bunch of screenings they can do. And I declined all of them. And they actually, when I booked the ultrasound, they actually said, well, why are you even coming? And I said, well, I want to make sure that it's not like an ectopic pregnancy. And I yeah. want to know that there are there, is there only one baby or more? <laughs> that's that's exactly. what I want to know. That was it. And I, the reason for that, and we, I talked in depth of, of course, over that with my husband, it wasn't a decision that came lightly to decline those screenings, but I I thought, well, if something does come up, I don't, I'm way too terrified to go through all that testing and I'm way too terrified to ever get an abortion as well. So what's the point? I'm going to go yeah, through with this yeah. anyway. Um, yeah. And I also had an experience of my, my aunt when she was pregnant with one of my cousins, they suspected mm-hmm. she had Down syndrome okay. and that was so hard emotionally on the whole family um I was only I think I was 12-ish when she was pregnant with her but I really remember all the worry around that and she ended up being fine Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I thought you know 
these things can be not accurate and it causes a whole lot of stress yes for possibly nothing so Mm -hmm. that was why we went that way yeah Mm -hmm. I got a midwife right away um so that was good I knew I wanted a midwife and a doula so I hired them pretty fast it was also COVID when I was pregnant which also added yeah added it was 2020 um I had my baby in June 2021 so that really sucked because you couldn't take the poor people with you right when you did have to go in um and then I also a lot of my partly my midwife was I wanted a home birth so I wasn't gonna do it alone I wanted a midwife and but then I also wanted to build a relationship with that person who was going to be with me in my birth Mm -hmm. and I didn't really get the chance to do that because we did a lot of phone appointments I didn't see her much in person because of COVID so I felt that freaked me out a little bit I I didn't really like that because I felt like I wasn't building a rapport with them on that personal mm-hmm. level, which was what I wanted to feel comfortable with them during my birth. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So in regards to, you said your hospital stays throughout your pregnancy, yeah. kind of what was going on that caused those? Yeah. So around um, 19 weeks, I started having really severe kidney pain. Oh. I actually still don't know what it was. Um I lived with it for quite a while because I think we also live in a culture of, oh, you're pregnant. It hurts. Like these things happen. So I put up with it for a long time till finally, I think it was my sister-in-law. We were on the phone and she was like, I really think you should, you should go in. Like that doesn't sound like normal pain. Um, So I went to the emergency room and had some tests done. They initially said I had a kidney infection. So I was put on some pretty heavy duty antibiotics, but my pain didn't subside. So I ended up going to a different hospital they put me on the labor and delivery ward. I think at that point I was about 20 weeks. So that's where I went. That was really emotionally hard for me because mm-hmm. I was surrounded by women crying and screaming and being strapped to a table with machines beeping. And I could hear when a nurse was going in or a doctor to do a cervical check. And I was major triggered. And of course, again, it was COVID. So I was alone. So I couldn't you know, have my husband or my mom with me to help me through that. Um, so that was really horrible. It was really, it was really bad. Mm-hmm. I, I remember texting my aunt even too. And then again, people, so many people don't understand this fear. Right. So I text my aunt, you know, she, I'm sure she said, how are things going? What's happening? And I said like, oh my God, everyone's screaming and crying. And this is so freaking me out. And she just said, well, what do you think birth is? It hurts. Oh. Get used to it. Right. Oh, like that's gosh. just what it is. Yeah, and I and I got that a lot from people. Like, Ugh. well, that's just what reverse is. Like, that's and, the and it's not. I can tell you now, it's not. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. yeah so, so I was really that was really difficult. And then I still couldn't tell you what what was wrong there, but eventually it just went away. Yeah, I'm sure you had yeah. so much going on in your head too that it was almost like hard to process what was actually happening to you to some degree too I'm sure I I would have a really hard time doing that Mm -hmm. too even when my issue is more so the pregnancy side of it and not the childbirth that's just like yeah your worst fear is like in the background of your life right there like that is tough but I commend you for getting yeah I was gonna say I commend you for getting through that on your own too that that takes a lot Mm -hmm. so then I had another one. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I had another hospital stay that was worse, actually. Um, worse. So, then at 26, so I got over that. Yeah. So that 26 weeks, 
my husband and I were out of town um, celebrating our birth. We have the same birthday. So we were celebrating our birthdays. And I went into preterm labor. So I was having non-painful but regular contractions. So he took me to the emergency room where we were. Um, so I was checked out there and then they sent me by ambulance to a main, we were out of, we were in like a small town. So they sent me by ambulance to a major city. Mm-hmm. So he stayed where we were staying cause we had our dogs with us. So I said, well, you stay with the dogs and I'll go on my own. So I went on my own to this hospital. I was looked at there. I stayed there overnight and then they released me. My husband picked me up. And we drove back home. It was a four-hour drive home. And I was having contractions again while we were driving. So I texted my midwife from the car. And she said, just drive straight to the hospital, like, in the city I live in. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll meet you there. So we did that. And I stayed there for three or four nights. Oh. Um, thankfully, all ended up being fine. They pretty much said I had to, they had irritable uterus, I guess, is the term for it. Okay. Um, but I was put on modified bed rest after that so then I was on modified bed rest for the last 10 weeks of my pregnancy oh my so then I knew I have to get to full term to have a home birth so I was really that was a a stressful 10 weeks in general because I and people would say I even the OB said to me well if he was born today he'd be fine like he'd have a NICU stay but he'd be Mm -hmm. fine but for me that meant I have to have a hospital birth I didn't sign up for that and then I also don't want my baby to have a NICU experience yeah. either. Um, part of my home, like eventually the home birth idea morphed into you know, not only for myself, but I wanted him to have a very gentle entrance to the world. And, and I didn't want any of that for him yeah. either. So, yeah, so that was really tough. Wow. And I'm a really outdoorsy, active person. So being stuck at home was just mentally hard on its yeah. own. Too. Yeah, I feel yeah. like bed rest would yeah. be my nightmare because, like, what else are you supposed to like think about and look at other than yeah? yeah. <laughs> like for yeah. me personally, oh, that yeah. sounds terrible. Yeah, it was, it was pretty brutal. Yeah, it was tough. Oh my god! But you were able to have a home birth then, so it let's did, yeah. kind of transition yeah. and talk about yeah. that. I'm mm-hmm. for me, I feel the opposite almost, like trusting my body to that extent because I already have like the body trauma and that's related to why I'm like afraid of the pregnancy thing so home birth Mm -hmm. sounds really exciting if I could get to that point but it's also like my worst nightmare because it's like jumping off the deep end to fully trusting my body yeah so I'm excited to hear how it was for you I guess from all the the work I've done like educating myself I've really like knowledge is power I've I've really exactly. believe that especially after I did, I did anyway but especially after going through this experience even when I was in the hospital having the problems I had I was already so knowledgeable in what things meant with pregnancy and what I wanted for myself and my baby that I could advocate for myself and I learned nobody's doing that for you you know and thankfully I learned that in a situation where I was you know just having some complications it wasn't actually in birth I can't imagine having to advocate for myself while I'm in that state of mind giving birth. Um, so I really, some people like to go into birth blind and I think that's just a bad idea. Cause you know, I remember in my hospital stay nurses chit chatting about what tests they were going to run on me. And I was like, hello, could you talk to me about this? Like I'm yeah. here. They just really treated me like I, I wasn't like I was some animal. Like I didn't, I had no autonomy. I guess I felt like I had no autonomy. But because I had educated myself already, I could speak up and say, nope, I'm not consenting to that. Or yes, I will consent to that. Um, 
So I think going into birth for anybody, whether you have a home birth or a hospital birth, educate yourself and know what you want and be prepared to advocate for yourself or have somebody like a doula there who can advocate for you. Um, So yeah, what my home birth was like was amazing. Honestly, I'm so grateful that despite having such a hard pregnancy, um, that I came out of it feeling empowered and wonderful um, because I think I easily could have come out of it feeling traumatized due to my pregnancy Mm -hmm. issues. And I can see how so many women do come out of birth traumatized. So I'm really grateful that it went the other way, but you know, it didn't come lightly. I did a ton of work to make that happen. Um, Yeah. Do you want like my whole, not the whole, I won't talk about my story for an hour, but do you want to know like how it all went or just like how I felt? I'm kind of curious about how you balanced your anxiety of being in that moment that you were afraid of. I get you weren't in the hospital, so it wasn't quite yeah, as high as yeah, it yeah. could have been. And mm-hmm. then like how you dealt with the pain. Cause yep. I'm assuming, I guess, did you have any kind of method of pain control Nothing. with you being at home? No. Okay. That's really mm-hmm. the only thing that I am yeah. currently afraid of with childbirth is like dealing it's with the pain. pain. Mm-hmm. For me, I have to say that, when I thought about my fears going into birth, I never thought oh, I'm scared of the pain. I was more scared of complications or like bleeding out, yeah. dying. Um, I I have a I think I have a decent pain tolerance anyway. I've always had really bad period cramps. So oh. my mom told me once when I was a teenager having horrible period cramps, she was like, These are worse than childbirth. <laughs> so I also had that in my head. Wow. Like okay. I've dealt with horrible period pain, so I think I can deal with childbirth. Yeah, so I didn't have any pain control. I did though I took the hypnobirthing class hypno babies specifically class during pregnancy and my doula was a hypno doula so she taught the class and she was trained in their system and that helped me like to say I had no pain relief I didn't have any like pain medication or gas and air or anything but the hypno birthing was a huge help and when I went through the program I honestly didn't think it would work I went through it thinking well like this is kind of a lot of bs but it really did when it came down to my birth it really worked birth is super mind over matter so that once i got into once my support people arrived and i had a water birth so when the pool was set up and i got in there then i could really just get into that zone that they would call labor land and Mm -hmm. i mean i felt i felt like i was on drugs honestly i was like i not someone who enjoys taking drugs recreationally but I imagine that's what it feels like like I was gone I was not on this planet um and I do think the hypnobirthing techniques had a lot to do with that so I would recommend that for people too um did it hurt yes it did I won't lie I did have pain I do remember thinking at one point okay this is why women get epidurals but at yeah. no point did I think I want to go to a hospital to get an epidural yeah. or I need something or I can't do this. Um, I just, one of the, I had a lot of um, like mantras that helped me mm-hmm. prepare for birth. So one of them was I can do anything for one minute because when you give birth with no medication, your contractions are one minute long at the most. And then you usually get about a one minute long break. So you just have to get through that one minute. So that's another thing. Hospitals will give you Pitocin. Those contractions are way more intense and more painful than natural ones. So when you can be in like a quiet, dark space, so you can get into labor land, those hormones really help you with your pain control. And 
your body makes it manageable for you when it's able to just do it on its own. Those contractions start really easy and then they do build and get more intense as you go. But as that happens, your other hormones are kicking in, helping keep you in la-la land. Um, So yeah, I won't lie. I did. I do remember thinking on point there, this is why women get epidurals. This sucks. (laughs) But I knew, you know, I told myself I can do anything for one minute. It's only one minute and I can get through that. Um, So I kind of went through the whole thing like that. I did, uh, I labored for a long time on my own. I don't know where I got in my head somewhere that a home birth could take a really long time. And I didn't want to call my midwife and do that too soon. They wouldn't have minded, but I had that in my head for whatever reason. So by the time I got them to my house, I was actually nine centimeters. So I did oh, a lot wow. on my own, but oh that also gosh. shows that I coped really well yeah. with the getting that far. Cause they did call, you know, they called me all the time to see how I was doing. Um, I did have, so my, yeah, I did have, uh, my doula ended up being at another birth. So I had a backup doula come by to check on me in the evening. Um, cause I was like, I'm really not sure how I'm doing here. Like I have no clue how far along I might be. I just, I have no idea. So she came and she was like, Oh yeah, I think you've got a ways to go. You should get some rest. And it was about three hours later that I shot out of bed, like, this is happening. We need to get someone here. Like, wow. so it wasn't happening. I still had a good four hours to go. Um, uh-huh. But still, I mean, so that was how manageable the contractions at home were that I, wow. I got to nine centimeters on my own, like wow. quite easily, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then they arrived about 2 a.m. that my doula and my midwife arrived and they set up the pool. And I think once they arrived and once the pool was set up, I could really then, like I said, just relax and get into the zone. And I felt safer. They're here. So I'm safe. They have everything under control. So I can really let go now. So I really let go and just surrendered. Um, I will kind of backtrack what I also wanted to say just at the beginning. My, as far as my fear went throughout pregnancy, like it did, you know, I was scared of birth, scared of birth, scared of birth. But as I got closer to the end of my pregnancy, my fear really dissipated. And I actually do see that coming up a lot in that tocophobia support group and with other Mm -hmm. people with fears that as you get to the end, I think a lot of the times because it's just inevitable, you kind of just have to surrender and accept Mm -hmm. like what will be will be this is going to happen. And I just have to prepare as best I can. But in the end, you just have to kind of let go. Um, and I think a lot of us get sick of being pregnant too towards the end you're just ready to be done so it's like I don't really care what happens I just don't want to be pregnant anymore so by the time like about a week or so leading up to before my birth started I didn't have any fear anymore it was really gone in fact when I woke up that morning and had that bit of blood in my underwear and really knew things were starting today I smiled like okay this is it let's do it like I'm ready let's do it and almost the waiting was harder for me like not knowing when it was going to start like Mm -hmm. could I go get groceries right now or is my water going to break and it doesn't normally happen like that either but so (laughs) that waiting was more hard but once it started I was like all right I know I'm I prepared as much as I can Mm -hmm. I've got my people to support me I can do this so Mm -hmm. yeah so that was good um the other thing that was really helpful with my home birth was being able to eat and drink. I hear a lot that hospitals still mm-hmm. hold you back from eating and drinking. Right. And I, uh, at one point, I asked for a sandwich. My husband made me a peanut butter jam sandwich. Mm-hmm. And I ate it. 
And then I started pushing and I had that fetal ejection wow. reflex. So I didn't push on my own. My body just did it. And it really felt like I needed that energy. I just needed yeah. some food in me, some more energy. And then my body was like, okay, hey, now you can push. Now we're ready. Mm-hmm. So I think that helped me, mm-hmm. definitely helped me as well. Um, pushing was intense, but not painful, I would say. Um, I pushed for 45 minutes. It didn't feel like 45 minutes. Uh, time, time was funny. Like, again, I really felt like I was on drugs, like not on this planet. So I had no clue, like how much time was passing. I never asked about time. Um, my midwife was very hands-off. Like she checked my cervix once when she arrived, I think, cause she knew like, whoa, this is pretty intense. Like we might have a baby right away here. But other than that, she never asked to check me. She never asked me to do anything. She was just there, just a very quiet, calm presence. Um, That's amazing. To help me stay calm. My doula was great helping me stay calm as well. She sometimes would off, would suggest position changes. Um, and I could either say, yep, yeah, sure, I'll try that. Or nope, I'm staying like this. And then that was fine. Um, she did get me on the toilet at one point and my water broke. I think they wanted to help. Things did slow down a little bit. So I think she thought, let's try and get your water broken and speed things up. So she said, oh, you should probably go have a pee. So yeah, okay, I'll get out of the pool, go have a pee. And my water broke on the toilet. And oh, then wow. things picked up from there. So that was, you know, a very gentle way of suggesting that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so yeah, they were really, they were great for that. So also my baby was big. He was nine pounds, 11 ounces. Um, oh. mm-hmm. So that's another fear people have. And uh-huh. I didn't have any, I did have a tear, um, but I didn't have complications like we had no shoulder dystocia. We had no issues Amazing. birthing him. Um, and then that also goes back to me being educated. I, I, after my hospital issue, my complications, I had to have regular ultrasounds. So those were with uh, OB. And every time I had one, they were like, your baby's really big. Your baby's really big. Your baby's really big. We're worried about this. But I knew ultrasounds can be off by mm-hmm. plus or minus a pound or more. Um, I knew that that is squishy. So a fat baby doesn't really make any difference as far as how you convert it. And I was confident that my body, I didn't have medical issues. So my body was not going to make a baby that it couldn't birth. So I was pretty confident on that. I did know though, my husband's side of the family does have big babies. Um, Mm -hmm. He was 10 pounds and his grandfather was 12 pounds. I heard. So I wasn't like, yeah, I have a big baby. Um, so oh. he was nine pounds, 11, which was yeah. smaller than the ultrasounds estimated him to be, but still yeah. a big guy. Um, but I didn't have any issues birthing him at home mm-hmm. based That's on amazing. size. Yeah. And then the other part that not many people talk about that I think is a big fear is the birthing the placenta. Um, and okay. that just fell out when I got out of the pool. I really? birthed him, held him for a while. My midwife suggested I get out of the pool and it just came out. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's really interesting how connected Deborah's personal experience is to yours, where it seems like there's this Mm. like unexplainable trust where your body and your hormones just kind of know what to do. So it's, it's comforting to me because I have, like she was saying, there's two main parts to tocophobia where it's like that fear of the unknown and the loss of control but you're not really losing control you're just like it's not yeah yeah. I would yeah you're it's funny because yeah you kind of don't really have control over what's going on 
but you you do your your body does know what to do you just Mm -hmm. you have to let it though we cause more problems by interrupting that and that interruption can be something as simple as turning on the lights and asking that birthing person a question or Mm -hmm. asking to check her cervix it's going to take you out of that zone and then those your hormones are not there to help you with your pain relief um Mm -hmm. being able to eat and drink being able to freely move around all that kind of stuff you know it helps you have the energy to birth and it helps get baby into a better position. When you can be in tune with your body like that, you know how to move, how to be. And I think there's more to it than just, oh, I'm more comfortable like this. You're helping that baby descend Mm -hmm. into a good position to aid in birth. Mm -hmm. I think I did do a lot of too. I, um, I went to the chiropractor a lot. I've never been one for chiropractors till I was pregnant. Um, really? But that helped me a lot with just being comfortable in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But I also think helped me, my body be really well aligned and in good shape for birth. Mm-hmm. Um, I went for prenatal massages. My midwife had said to me that she had had quite a decent string of trans- home birth transfer to hospital that they suspected mm-hmm. were from uh, tight psoas muscle, I think is the one she said not allowing like your pelvis to open enough so I really focused on like just making sure everything was was loose and Mm -hmm. ready to go I guess and you know did that did it actually physically help me it probably did a little bit but I think it really mentally helped me feel like I'm doing a lot of stuff to prepare my body for this moment yeah Mm yeah and I really like Mm -hmm. when you said like my body's not going to make a baby that I can't I did too. I felt like that was a big thing. I that read I'm that think about. while I was pregnant. Yeah, your body, like, unless you have gestational diabetes or something. Yeah. Um, but if you're a healthy, no compl- no issues like that, your body's not going to make a baby you can't birth. You hear, like, oh, your husband's six foot eight and you're only five foot ten. You're not going to be able to birth that baby. Your body's not going to make a giant baby that you can't yeah. give birth to. Mm hmm. I yeah. love Positions that. a lot too. Like maybe your body can't give birth to that baby if you're on your back with your legs up in the air. But the other person on your podcast probably said that's your your pelvis is its smallest opening when you're in that position. So that and you've got gravity working against you. Yeah. So we're really meant to birth in an upright position. I birthed on my hands and knees, um, and that was well more so my knees, like holding onto my husband's shoulders for support, um, and that was just how I I just naturally got into that position you know no one told me to do that that was just how I got and um when he was being born my midwife did ask me like do you want to feel his head and I I didn't I partly didn't because that tachophobia did kick in a little bit it was like I don't want to know what's going on down there I don't want my hands down there I don't want to know but also I can't move (laughs) I'm in this position this position feels right and I don't want to move um so I want to stay like that so so I sat with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Amazing. Before, yeah. before we wrap up, I'm just curious yeah. to hear kind of if you could have a conversation with your previous self before you got mm-hmm. pregnant, when you knew these fears were really, really strong and you're like, I'm not sure that I want to have children. Is there anything specifically that you would say? Um, I would say something along the lines of you are so much braver and stronger than you think both physically and emotionally, like mostly emotionally, but physically too. Um, If you put your mind to something, you can do it. Yeah. And I'll carry that with me and other aspects of my life too. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, definitely. Because you conquered like your biggest fear. And yeah. you must feel like completely unstoppable now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after I gave birth, I yeah, absolutely felt like superwoman, like just on top of the world. Like, wow, I can do anything. <laughs> I'm amazing. Aww. Even now, I, you know, I'm grocery shopping and I see women with children. And I, I want to say, you're amazing. You gave Aww. birth. Like, that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, we walk around like it's this normal thing, but it's really, it's so incredible that we can do that. It yeah. Really and I, and I wish that I really, I hope that more women can have a good experience. Like I did. It, it makes me so sad to hear of women that come out of birth feeling traumatized. Um, that just breaks my heart. So I hope that my story can help someone, you know, even if you, something else I read that's really important is give birth where you feel safest. That's going to help you mm-hmm. mentally. And for me, I felt safest at home. If you yeah. feel safest at a hospital, do it in the hospital, but still be educated and have someone to advocate for you and get what you want so you don't come out of it. Give yourself the best chance of not being traumatized. It's, yeah. it's really terrible so, that a lot that's still so common in yeah. this Western world anyway. Yeah. So true. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I, I found You're your welcome. story really cool because there were a lot of like leaps and, and valleys to it with you having yeah. to be hospitalized and facing coming face to face with your fear and and things like that so even just like seeing the look on your face and the look in your eyes describing that feeling of overcoming is it's really inspiring to somebody that's still kind of in the thick of dealing with the phobia so I appreciate you coming on obviously anybody that's listening that wants to uh, access the um, helpful things that will we've mentioned look in the show notes we're going to have a whole bunch of links and we hope that this was helpful to you. And obviously if you want more conversations like that in the future, reach out to us and maybe we'll do this again sometime. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah. Thanks so much guys. Nice chatting with you. Thank you so, so much for listening to Want Her with your girlfriends, Sandy and Olivia. We hope this chat has motivated you to chase those dreams, take hold of your mental health, or finally let out that inner weirdo. Maybe even all three. If you're a fan of what we do, we'd sincerely appreciate it if you subscribed and rated us five stars. Talk to you next time.